What is up, Mariners fans? I'm Seattle Sports Media's utility infielder, Andy Patton, and you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Mariners had an off day on Monday, so instead of giving you my usual game recap, I'm going to preview their upcoming opponent, the Pittsburgh Pirates, in segment one. Then I'm going to dig deep into a somewhat polarizing Mariners prospect, third baseman Joe Rizzo. I'm going to talk about his defensive potential and if he could someday replace Kyle Seeger at third base in the Emerald City. Finally, we have just one Mariner birthday to celebrate today. Stay tuned to find out who. But first, make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. So yeah, so for those of you who don't know, my quote-unquote day job is covering the Seattle Seahawks for USA Today, and I cannot help but notice how strange it is that in week one, the Seahawks played the Cincinnati Bengals, and directly after that, the Mariners started a three-game series against the Cincinnati Reds, and now, after the Seahawks traveled over to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers, the Mariners are traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Pirates. That's weird, right? Like, I, I don't know. I've never paid super close attention to both schedules uh, congruently. I've never, but this is odd. Like, those aren't cities that, if it was like Oakland, I would be not that surprising. But it's weird that it's happened to AFC teams for the Seahawks and NL teams for the Mariners, which are just not teams that they play very at. Clearly, this is very unlikely to have happened before since. The Mariners don't play NL League or interleague games this often late in the season. I don't know. It's strange. It's not incredibly relevant to our discussion about the Pittsburgh Pirates, but it is interesting. Anyway, the Mariners are going to kick off things on today at 4.05 Pacific time against the Pirates. Uh, the opening starting pitching matchup will be Marco versus Mitch Keller for the Pirates. Um, Keller is... Not having a good year. Uh, if you take one quick look at his numbers, he's got a 1-4 record with an 8.29 ERA. Uh, that's obviously bad. Uh, he does have a 3.61 FIP and has had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of bad luck this year. He's only made nine starts. Uh, he came out partway through the season. He was one of their top prospects. Has been one of their top prospects for a while. He's only 23 years old. Um, he's given up a lot of home runs, which is obviously problematic. The thing that stands out to me is his left on base rate or strand rate. The major league average is around 75%. Uh, the, the pirates, I almost called them the Steelers there. The pirates have a 68.5% LLB rate on the year. So that's a little lower than the average. His is 53.5, which means that the bullpen is not doing him any favors that are coming into the game and giving up a lot of his earned runs. Uh, having an 8.29 ERA and a 3.61 FIP is startling. That's a startling difference. He's got a 28.2% strikeout rate and just a 6.6% walk rate. So there's a lot to like about Mitch Keller if you're a Pirates fan. There's also a lot for the Mariners of, oh, this guy's got a super high ERA. We're just going to score a whole bunch of runs that may or may not be true. It could be true. It might happen. He's given up a lot of home runs already. His uh, batting average on balls in play on for him is 477, which is real bad. So there's a chance the Mariners will just come in there and light him up. There's also a chance that the 23-year-old really highly ranked pitching prospect comes in and does really well. I'm more interested in this pitching matchup than any other one, partly because of Keller, partly because Marco Gonzalez is a legitimate roller coaster, and I'm curious how he see how he does against a Pirates offense that isn't great by any means, but they're also not awful. They're not the reason that this team is 65 and 85 on the year. Their pitching is primarily the concern there. 
Um, most notably their bullpen, obviously. But um, yeah, I think it'll be fun to watch Marco pitch against these guys. I think it should be a pretty solid game. Um, I don't expect it to be a super good pitching matchup in terms of the score. I think it'll probably be five or six runs for each team. But I think it'll be kind of fun to watch these two guys go at it. Wednesday's game, same time, 4.05 start on the West Coast. Um, will feature Justin Dunn making his second major league start for the Mariners. Uh, obviously, we're hoping things go better than last time. He only threw uh, two-thirds of an inning and walked five and gave up two earned runs, although that was kind of a, a bullpen issue. But still, um, he's only expected to go two or three innings. Uh, they're still using him in that kind of opener role, which I think makes sense. Uh, it gets him used to what starting a major league game looks like in terms of how much time to prepare, like where you're going to throw on the field, what the crowd looks like before the game, things that I don't think that we always think about that rookies really have to adjust to. But then they also don't want to, they want to manage his workload. He's already, I think, is very close, if not already exceeded the number of innings, the most number of innings that he's ever thrown in a professional season. And so I think they're going to try to, to not let him cross much beyond that. So going two or three innings while getting kind of used to the rhythm of starting a game seems like a good a good way to go here. Uh, Tommy Malone's going to come in after that, which will probably not be good. It hasn't been good for the Mariners for a long time, but that won't really be the concern for me. I want to see how Dunn looks. I want to see if he's settled in, if those nerves are gone, if playing in front of an away crowd will be better or worse for him. It could really go either way. Um, but yeah, that'll be another fun one to, for me. Uh, he's going to be pitching a, a Opposite Dario Agrazol, Agrizol. Um, if any of you are Pirates fans and can tell me how to pronounce that, that would be great because that's a pretty unique name. Um, he's auditioning for a role on the team in 2020. Um, he hasn't been very good lately. He's got a 4.91 ERA on the year, which is okay. He's got a 7.08 ERA since July 26th, which is very bad. Uh, their whole pitching rotation has been particularly bad lately, so he is among them. Um, I'm not in exceptionally intimidated here. Um, I know that his ERA is three runs lower than Mitch Keller's, but I think Mitch Keller is very, very clearly the better pitcher and much more likely to do damage against the Mariners. But, you know, it'll be a chance for me to see somebody new that I don't know a whole lot about, so maybe maybe that'll be fun. Thursday is a 9.35 a.m. start, so get your coffee ready. Um, get the stream up at work for those of you who are going to be at work at that time, which is probably most of you. Um, but that should be a good one. Uh, the Pirates have not announced their starter yet, so we will find out who that is later on. Uh, the Mariners will be going with another lefty, Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, I've talked a lot about him on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Um, would really like to see him finish out the year strong. Um, his last outing was not that at all. It was quite bad. Two and a third innings, five earned runs, ten hits. Um, I do, Here's a stat for you that just popped up. He is allowed 36 home runs this season, which is the most ever by a rookie. Now, obviously, juice ball era, things are a little bit different. He's a rookie who's gotten a chance to throw a ton of innings because he's actually very experienced. But there's not... Yeah, it's kind of hard to look at that stat very positively. That's not a good stat. 36 home runs is a lot. Um, and he's going to – Pittsburgh's not a big park, and they have some guys who hit a lot of home runs. Josh Bell is a huge home run hitter for them. He's got 37 on the year. Starling Marte's got 23. So he's going to have to try to stay away from those guys um, and use that recipe that worked for him in that Toronto game. Fastball's up, breaking ball's down. If he can locate effectively in that game, he – has a good opportunity to lower that 5.46 ERA. 
So that was the pitching. I talked a little bit about the hitting. Starting Marte's a guy who's having a great year. He's got 23 home runs and 25 steals. Um, outside chance to get into that 30-30 line. Uh, I don't think he's going to quite get there, but that would be pretty darn fun if he did. Josh Bell, 37 home runs. He had a monstrous start to the season. Slowed down a little bit after that, but was still a lot of fun. Brian Reynolds is a guy not a lot of people are talking about. 24-year-old rookie. Um, he's hitting 322, which is obviously fantastic. Um, was contending for a batting title in the National League for a while. 16 home runs, three stolen bases for him as well. Uh, definitely a guy that they're planning to build around a little bit. He's got a 3.2 war on the season, which is leading their team. Um, Kevin Newman, another middle infield guy. He's a rookie for them as well, 25 years old. He's hitting 318, so just right below him. So they got two two rookies who are hitting just over or who are hitting about 320. They got starting Marte, who's not young anymore, but he's still only 30. Josh Bell, 26, with 37 home runs. So they got some guys. Uh, they got a, a little bit of a young team to build around there, at least on the offensive side of the game. Uh, Pitching-wise, if Mitch Keller pans out, they'll be in much better shape. Um, Jamison Tyone is a guy who is an absolute stud when he's healthy, but he's missed almost this entire season with arm issues. He's 27 now. He only made seven starts on the year you got to start to wonder if that injury bug is going to continue to affect him because that's a really big loss for them if he can't go. So uh, Pittsburgh's, you know, they got a similar record to the Mariners. Um, they're in a, the NL Central, which is kind of a, a division full of not very good teams this year. The Cardinals, Cubs, and Brewers are all within three games of each other, but none of them are really all that good. The Cardinals have kind of opened up a pretty big lead, thanks in part to injuries from Javi Baez on the Cubs and Christian Yelich on the Brewers. So I don't know if the Pirates are really for for this year. Certainly, they're just trying out some younger guys. You know, this Keller Keller is is auditioning for a spot in twenty twenty. Uh, Dario uh, Agrazal, I'm going to try again. Uh, is auditioning for a role in twenty twenty. So they're really just kind of trying to get some guys out there and see what they can do, which is exactly what the Mariners are doing with Justin Dunn. So um, it'll be maybe not the best baseball you've ever seen in the world. You know, if you want to watch. The best of the best go at it, you know, see see who the Yankees or Astros are playing. But I think it'll be some fun baseball, and I think it'll be a good chance to see some, some teams that I think could be really good in two or three years, but maybe aren't quite there now. All right, if you want to learn about Kyle Seeger's potential replacement at third base, Joe Rizzo, I'll give a big report on his potential future value to this franchise coming up. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m. and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code Locked On today. There has been a lot of attention lately on the Mariners' 2016 first-round pick, and that was Kyle Lewis, obviously, who's hit four home runs in his first six major league games and looks every bit the part 
of the future star that the Mariners hoped they were hoped he was going to be when they took him fifth overall. But there's been a lot less consideration for the Mariners' second round pick that year, which would be third baseman Joe Rizzo. Rizzo, excuse me. So Rizzo was taken out of high school in 2016. He was a third baseman, and I th- at the, even at the time, there was a lot of debate about what kind of player he's really going to become. He's 5'9", he's pretty thick, and he just didn't really profile as any one position. The defensively, there was a lot of uncertainty about him. He didn't have a ton of power coming out of high school, and he was never really pegged as, hey, this is going to be a you know, 25, 30 home run guy. Uh, and a lot of that has been true. He's a high-contact guy. There are some positive things. Uh, the Mariners didn't sign him for $1.75 million because of nothing. Uh, and his minor league numbers have been pretty solid, especially lately. But what's been really impressive with Joe Rizzo is his defense. Um, he came up as a third baseman. I thought, okay, he might stick at third base. Um, he might end up having to be a utility guy, move around the infield a little bit. They, the Mariners tried him out at second base a little bit in the minor leagues and even at first base a little bit. Uh, but this year he won the gold glove of the league that he played, and he played with uh, high A throughout the entire season. So he has demonstrated very clearly that he is a third baseman, which is great. The Mariners, uh, obviously, as much as Kyle Seeger has been playing great lately and as seems to be a part of the team's future, um, you know, he's he's on the wrong side of 30 and I think is probably not going to be a big-time contributor on these 2021-2022 team that's going to be hopefully very, very good. So maybe Rizzo is the answer there. Uh, it feels like he's been around for a long time. In my head, I feel like he's been a prospect since, like, for four or five years, but he's only 21. Um, so there's there's definitely, you know, that's about the time that he should be hitting his stride in the major leagues in two or three years, and, and maybe he'll be the guy there. Um, that's certainly the position he'll play. The question really for Rizzo is can he stop going through these really horrific streaks at the plate where he just looks lost, which has been reported multiple times that that's happened to him in the minor leagues, and then can he find some power? Uh, he hasn't really had a whole lot of, of that at all. Uh, this year he has uh, he's playing for high A, like I said. Uh, he's hit 10 home runs with 77 runs scored, 63 RBIs. He's got a 295 batting average, a 354 on base percentage. So we got some good numbers, but 10 home runs is in 570 plate appearances. That's basically a full season. Um, he'd only hit 13 home runs in the last two seasons combined in the minor leagues. Um, and that was two and a half full seasons worth of work. So there's just not a lot of oomph in his bat. Um, he was always kind of pegged as a high contact guy, which again, there's nothing wrong with that, but you gotta, you gotta have more power than that. I think if you, especially if you want to stick at third base, if he's a utility infielder, who's got high contact stuff, can draw a walk at a decent rate, uh, then sure that that'll work just fine. But I don't think that he's I mean, if he wants to be a regular third baseman, he's going to need to be able to to demonstrate at least 20 home run potential in the big leagues. Now, again, I talk about this every time. It may sound like a broken record, but the baseball is a lot different in the major leagues. It's different in AAA. Um, maybe if he gets up to those levels, that 10 becomes 15, and then if he starts swinging a little bit for the fences, just a little bit more than he is right now, maybe that becomes 20 with a slight sacrifice to his batting average. You know, he's 295 with 10 home runs right now. If you thought you could turn him into a guy who hit 275 with 20 home runs, well, heck, that's Kyle Seager. <laughs> so they would happily take that and with good defense to boot. So I do think there's some potential here. Um, Seager was a little bit similar in the sense that he was a um, 
uh, early round draft pick. I believe he was a third rounder uh, who struggled a little bit in the minor leagues before hitting a stride, getting up to the big leagues and reaching the potential that everybody had hoped for. So I think there are some similarities here. Uh, I'm not sure Rizzo's ever going to be quite as good of a defender as Kyle Seeger, and that's not a knock on Rizzo as much as that's just a compliment to Seeger and how strong of a hitter he is, or excuse me, how strong of a fielder he is. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with Rizzo. Uh, he's 20th ranked prospect by MLB Pipeline at this uh, point. They they update them throughout the year, uh, although they do a much more thorough update at the end of the season. They'll probably re- release a new one in January. I suspect he'll move up even more than he is now, uh, in part because a couple of guys will graduate because they played enough time this season to no longer qualify as prospects. But I think his numbers have merited merited a move up. This is the strongest offensive season he's had since he's been uh, with the Mariners system. Um, the thing that I loved is this is two consecutive full seasons at high A, so you can really compare the numbers and kind of see the improvements. Um, obviously, power, he went from four home runs last year to 10 this year. Uh, he did. He stole six bases last year and didn't steal any this year, so that's that's a bit of a downgrade, although I don't think that that was ever going to be a big part of his game at the professional level anyway. This is the exact same walk rate, 7.9% walks both seasons, so he's very consistent there. That's a very solid walk rate. That will work for him in the major leagues, but the big thing is he dropped his strikeout rate a lot. He struck out 21.3% of the time in 2018, and that's down to 16.5% in 2019, so... Very considerable jump there, uh, jump down in strikeouts, jump up in power. His batting average went up about 40 points, which is the same percentage that his BABIP went up. So possibly some regression coming there. Maybe, maybe not. Um, depends how much harder he was hitting the ball, which isn't data that is easy to find on minor leaguers, unfortunately. But I do think there's some potential here. I'm a Joe Rizzo fan, uh, certainly more than I was before. Uh, there are definitely still some concerns. Uh, Fangraphs, when they released their top 30 prospects for the Mariners, they they kind of thought that his body frame has maxed out. Um, he's got some decent numbers, but we're just not sure if he's ever going to hit for enough power is basically their concern. And that's justified. If he's going to be a 15 home run guy, uh, even you know in this in this era, that's just not going to cut it. Now, again, I think that the baseball pretty much guarantees anybody who makes decent contact is going to hit at least 15 home runs. But um, yeah, there's still some concerns, but I do see a mini Kyle Seeger here, and I'm excited to see what comes next for Joe Rizzo. All right, we'll finish up with just one birthday to celebrate today on September 17th. That would be former Mariners outfielder Thad Bosley, who is celebrating his 63rd birthday. If you haven't heard of Thad Bosley, that makes sense. He did not play very long for the Seattle Mariners. He was with them in the 1982 season. He appeared in 22 games. He had 46 at-bats. He hit uh, 174, the 240 on-base percentage, couple of RBIs, three stolen bases. That was about it. So uh, he did end up, he actually had a 14-year career in the major leagues. So that little stint with the Mariners was just a blip for him. He was very much the prototypical like 1980s pinch hitter, uh, which didn't fly as much in the American League, which is why he spent a lot of his career in the National League. He was with the the Cubs for a while. He was with the Brewers for a while. Um, And yeah, he he came in late in games. He was a pinch runner quite a bit. Uh, He did steal 47 bases in his career. Um, He had a couple solid years. Uh, He hit 328 with the Cubs in 1985 in 200 plate appearances. That's really good. Hit 312 with the White Sox in 79. So he had some success in the major leagues, just never really with the Mariners. 
But regardless, we will celebrate you because you played with the Mariners. So happy 63rd birthday to Thad Bosley. All right, tomorrow I will recap Seattle's series opener against the Pirates, and then I'll be giving you another update around the rest of the American League West as we head into crunch time of the 2019 season. Once again, I am Andy Patton. You can find me on Twitter at at AndyPattonSEA. You can find the Locked On Mariners podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and go Mariners!